Hey there, you. (laughs) Yes, you. We're so glad you found us. Welcome to Embers, a podcast by Vala. We live in a world of digital overload. We at Vala are committed to guiding teens as they seek to create real connections. Once they experience the power of human relationships and their vast capacity for love, we challenge them to go out and make the world a better place. We take teens from all walks of life on retreats. In this space, they are eager to open up and uncover what matters most. For them, it's pretty simple. Sustained, unplugged, face-to-face connection, a sense of belonging. Our podcast is a hub of inspiration for both teens and adults. Embers is a place where our teens share their stories as they navigate the waters between childhood and adulthood. We realize they've got a lot to teach us. What they hope for sounds good to us, too. Join us here as Volo youth explore timely and compelling topics, fanning the embers, burning in each of us. In this episode, our teens shed light on what it feels like to spend time alone. They explore the benefits of carving out time by themselves, as well as the fine line between solitude and loneliness. Their insights help us to see time spent by oneself in new ways. Come along. Hi, I'm Dana. Hi, I'm Myla. I'm Emma. My name's Noah. So thanks for everyone for getting together today. I'm been really looking forward to talking with you about the idea of being by yourself and spending time alone, because I think there can be a wide range of experiences for everyone, but maybe most especially teens as they navigate the world and do that both with others and by themselves. So let's start on a general level, and I would love you to each just think for a bit about the concept of being by yourself. The first thing that comes to mind, or maybe better yet, the first feeling that comes to you as I say that, spending time by yourself, tell me what you think about. Well, when I think about being by myself, it's not the most natural feeling, especially as someone who's typically very extroverted and loves to surround herself by lots of people, lots of different types of people with different interests. So when I think about being by myself, it's not always my first choice because I can't talk to anyone and I can't laugh with anyone. So I don't think that I do it nearly as much as I should because I think it's really healthy to sort of break away from things that you're, that's your natural tendency is to go for people. And so as an extrovert, I think it's really healthy for me to break out of what I know and just have some time to myself and my own thoughts without having it be always about other people. So really, I appreciate it. I think I used to be more extroverted and like similar to Emma, but now I'm definitely more of an introvert. I love being alone, just going for rides, thinking. I wrote purposeful reflection while exercising. It's typically what being alone means to me. Yeah, I definitely appreciate being alone. I think it's I'm someone who, while I enjoy like, hanging out with people in other people's company, I definitely can get like socially tired almost. And I really appreciate that alone time to kind of reset and then I'm ready again to face people. (laughs) So it sounds, it's really interesting hearing 
almost this contrast. Am I right that sometimes there's a pressure to not spend time by yourself? Yeah, I think definitely in high school, I've like more so I felt a lot of pressure to just constantly be surrounded by people and like the fear of missing out and be surrounded, I don't know, with everyone, but I'm tending to shy away from it more often and just being alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I definitely underestimate the power of just time to yourself. And similar to Myla, I always, whenever there's an opportunity to be in a social setting, I always kind of seize that opportunity and try and surround myself by a lot of people. But I think that I can find happiness just by doing things that I wouldn't normally do in a school setting or in a social setting. So I think that the idea of it is less appealing than when I'm actually in it. Yeah, I think kind of along with with what Milo was saying is that like, I think being alone is not generally regarded as like something to strive for. Well, I think it it definitely can be. And I think there's a lot of good that can come from being alone as well. So that gets me to the question of what you do. If, If you're in a space where you're enjoying time to yourself, I'm curious... I'm curious, literally, what does that look like? What What are you doing if you if you could be doing anything you wanted? This is kind of a, a funny thing, but I really enjoy laying on the floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, just listen to some music and lay on the floor. Or, like, there is also, like, exercise, like going for a run or a ski. But, yeah, sometimes just laying on the floor is the best thing you can do. I would say my favorite outlet for being by myself is every morning routinely before school, I'll walk my dog up the road, same route every morning. And I always have my music in and I always listen to some pump up songs right before school. And I just really appreciate it because I'm not fully alone because I'm with my dog, but I'm alone in sort of my thoughts and everything in my head. And that's a really nice way to start before you go to school and you're surrounded by the same people that you see every day. And so that's one of my favorite ways to be by myself is just in my head with my music and the rhythm and the lyrics. And you have to think less because you're thinking about what you're hearing. I think I originally started like enjoying the company of myself on exchange. My exchange partner was always doing homework and always constantly doing work. So I started going on runs on the same route every single day. And I'd say, see the same people. And then since then, when I'm home, I go to the gym or I have a really hard time being alone and not doing anything. And I think the best way to force myself, not force myself, I don't like that word, to be in my own company is definitely doing exercise. It forces me to think and work hard. Usually... I also agree that like exercise is a great way to be by yourself, but usually for me, it's kind of harder to do that because my mom is like, does all the same activities I do. <laughs> so we usually try and carpool and I always feel like I'm kind of abandoning her if I go off by myself. So I feel like I need to like kind of rein it back sometimes. So exercise is kind of a weird time to be alone for me. Mm. I'm curious when you spend time alone And maybe you have chosen it if it ever feels lonely. Since I'm someone who can get easily lonely just by being by myself a lot, it's really a challenge for me to be by myself and not listening to any music and just totally in silence. And I recently realized that silence is actually the loudest thing that I've ever heard, just in the way that 
it's so, so quiet that it just, it's very, very loud. And that sounds very counterintuitive, but I just, I've realized that more and more. And so I think that if I can get away from taking that as a negative thing and really just focusing my mind to just sort of love that feeling, then I'll be a lot less lonely when I am by myself. So am I right that in a way, whether it was walking your dog or if you you were by yourself in a room, the music became your company. And so you're coming to understand that maybe pushing yourself to spend that time in silence would be a good thing. Yeah, I definitely think that because anytime that I am by myself, I'm usually listening to my music or I'm listening to something. And so the time that I do have by myself when it's silent and I'm not sleeping is very, very, very minimal. And so I think because I was so unused to that, it really became something that I learned to appreciate because I just never had it. So when I did, finally, it was very unnatural to me. So I kind of had to learn slowly how to appreciate it, but it's definitely still taking time for sure. Sometimes it's easier to be alone if you have some sort of like stimulus, like reading music that does definitely make it easier to be alone. Yeah. When I'm with people, I feel like a lot of the time I get socially tired and the noise and everything going on around me takes away from my own thought. Whereas being alone in complete silence, I have time to breathe and let my mind breathe. I was going to ask a question about silence and and Emma kind of got us into that. But I, I guess I would ask, do you feel maybe sometimes you would or you do crave being by yourself and it's silent, just like this room, and other times you want to be by yourself, but you also want the company of a good book or music or an animal or something like that? And I guess I'm curious if you make a distinction between those kinds of time. Well, I guess I kind of think of silence as something right before something big happens. So like there's a silent pause and then there's in a movie, there's like some big blow up or something happens. And so a lot of times it sounds silly, but when I'm by myself and it's silent, I'm like, okay, when is the noise going to happen? Like when is the big tree going to fall? Or it sounds really stupid, but a lot of times that's what I think about. And so I'm never comfortable in the silence because there's almost like this tendency for my brain to think that something's going to break it and it's going to be kind of like this epic broken silence and it's not going to be pretty. And so that's just what my brain has sort of trained me to think about it. And I guess that when I'm sleeping or when it is silent, you're just not thinking about that because you're not conscious while you sleep. But I think for me, it's just something that like my brain has sort of taught me to think and it's something I'm trying to break away from because there will be times in my life where I'll have to be in the silence. And I think that it's important to train yourself to appreciate it and not fear it in a way. Do you think there's a fear of being just you and your own thoughts? and Or maybe fear is a little too strong. Is there a lack of familiarity with just you and your thoughts alone and that that takes some time to get used to? Yeah, I definitely think I'm pretty familiar with like my thoughts. And when I have my music or I have a meditation, then I'm always super in my, in my head and thinking a lot. But there's something about just having there be no one around and no noise that's like uncomfortable for me. And it's a very weird feeling because I just, it, I don't have that a lot. 
And so when it is like that, I think it's just very unfamiliar. And my brain thinks less positively and more lonely. I think I crave silence when I'm alone. But when I'm with other people and there's an awkward pause or there's silence, I freak out internally and I just come up with something to talk about and I'm always, I'm always on the move. And my friends were telling me last week, there are five of them hanging out together and they were silent for two hours. They were together for two hours, playing games, sitting there in a hot tub, silent for two hours. And I was thinking, that's the scariest thing I can ever imagine. I would never be able to do that. So I don't know. What's that difference? I don't know. I Around people that I'm really comfortable with, silence is fine. But around around family, for example, but when I'm with friends, I always feel a need. I'm extroverted and introverted. So when I'm with friends, I always feel a desire and need to just talk and constantly please people. But I'm sure they're on the other end in the exact same position. And every once in a while, everyone enjoys silence together. But for me, it's so unnatural and it's so strange. Yeah, I mean, I think a part of what you and Emma are both bringing up is it's maybe it's not a bad thing, but like anything that we're not used to, it really can kind of throw us off balance a bit. What about you, Noah? I'm kind of thinking about what Myla said. I think it's definitely tricky to be silent in groups. It has to be like the right circumstance. But I think it can also be really great. I don't know. There's just something about just hanging out completely silent with a friend. That it's, it's different, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think that that difference is kind of welcome, for me at least. And just one more thing about what Milo was saying about having a need to sort of fill the silence when you're in a social setting. I feel that completely. And sometimes it's even when I'm with family. My mom and I were talking about it. It's like we both have it. And when it's really quiet, we almost feel like we're responsible to kind of fill that silence and break that silence like it's a bad thing or an awkward thing, even when it might not be. But something I've realized recently is that it's important to let someone else sort of fill the silence, fill the gap. Because sometimes people that are less accustomed to doing that, if you give them space to do it, they will be able to come to it on their own without always feeling relying on that other person to fill that silence. So just giving space for people that may not, you may not think would do it normally. Mm -hmm. I really feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it might even translate into time by ourselves that we may take on this role with ourselves to fill that silence, whether it's talking to ourselves, talking to the pet, having music, you know, something that becomes that filler. As you think about, let's say, a day or a week in your life and the amount of time you are by yourself, I'm curious if you would choose to shift that one way or the other. Like, are you content with the amount of time you're by yourself? If you were to have a bit more control over your time, would you choose to have more time to yourself or maybe less? I think it varies day to day, but generally I would say more. I think, especially with being in high school, you're constantly surrounded by people for better or worse. (laughs) And I definitely in school can get like, just kind of like, just get me to the next class, get me out. So I think if you had a little, like a 15 minute break where you could just kind of go be by yourself, that might, I don't know, make me enjoy being around people more, I think. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely push for more alone time in a, in a day, I would say. 
Wouldn't it be interesting if high schools had like a room that like, <laughs> be a that, good idea. you know what I mean? That, that it's a literally a code of silence in there and you go in and you're not going to be expected to talk and it would be everyone's space. I think it would be more popular than we might imagine. I would go there every I day. Would go every day. <laughs> it's like the third floor of college libraries. Yeah. Exactly, Myla. I wish every single day was 26 hours long and the two extra hours, everyone was forced to be in silence because when I come home from school, I've, I've broke the pattern, but I always used to go straight to my room to be alone and do homework. And I, I loved it. Like I crave being alone. But I've talked with my parents about it and they think I'm up there on my phone, like messing around, just, I don't know, doing, I don't even know what, but I always explain to them, I'm alone, I'm doing homework, I'm journaling, I'm listening to music, I love being alone and I feel really guilty about it. I think they want me to like spend more time with them and it's really hard balancing alone time with family time and having them understand I don't know. I think for teenagers, especially, it's really important to have that time alone. I completely agree with that, Milo, because my parents are the same way, which is as soon as they walk in the door, I'll be doing my homework and my mom will want to hear all about my day and about practice. And it's hard because you want to spend time with your family. But when you get home from school, the first thing that you want to do or that I want to do is just get all my work done and then just have the night to chill or listen to music or just lay in bed or shower or whatever you just enjoy doing at the end of the day. And I think it's like Myla said, the balance between being able to do that and also connect with your family is really hard because especially as a teenager, it's really important to have time to yourself to just relax and unwind. And sometimes you don't always want to recount everything that's happened in your day, especially if it was a bad day. And I think it's hard as a parent to hear that because you want to be in on your kids' lives and you want to know everything that's happening. And then as a teenager, you just kind of want to get home from your day and have it be over. So I think that it's hard to balance that. And I think if I were to choose, I would want more time to be with my family when I'm in the right headspace. Do you think if you were to survey your friends and classmates that when they think of time by themselves, they picture themselves on their phones? And we didn't even really get into that. If if you three, when you're by yourselves, are, you know, the extreme of tethered to the mm-hmm. other extreme that your phone isn't in your room. I'm curious what that looks like, because I do think it's a, such an important and relevant piece of the way some people spend their time alone today. I would definitely say it plays a part in being alone. It's always an option, I think. And it's a very easy, like quick gratification entertainment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely do think it it comes up a lot when you're thinking about being alone. Just think, oh, what am I going to do? And I think people are just like, oh, I, I always have my phone. Mm-hmm. But I think there is some value in not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're truly alone if you have your phone because you're connected to the internet. You're connected to everybody else. But at the same time, for myself, to be completely honest, sometimes that's what I consider alone time, being on your phone. I think a lot of teenagers do. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to throw your phone across the room (laughs) every so often and just do something else. Journal, read, write. Yeah, it's sad, but it's definitely a part of our lives so much nowadays. Why is it sad? I personally think it's all mindless on your phone. You're not doing anything. It's not benefiting you in any way, shape, or form. 
unless you're contacting your grandma or (laughs) you're not scrolling through Instagram or Snapchat mindlessly. I'm to blame as just as equally as like any other teenager, but I think we forget how it's really not normal to scroll constantly through your phone. It's such a strange concept. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be careful of that as like time rolls on. I think we're slowly beginning to morph with technology more and more, which is scary. So in a way, if I'm understanding you, when we're on our phones and we're not in the presence of other people, we're not really practicing time by ourselves if we're scrolling through Instagram feeds. I don't think so. And I also think it's interesting because there is this sort of thought that when you're in a group setting, sometimes it's considered rude to be on your phone, especially if you're with your family at the dinner table or even usually with friends, it's okay because everyone's on their phone when they hang out with friends. Like when you think of that, you think of a group hangout and people are on their phones. But I find that the best time with friends, maybe even at Volo, is just completely unplugged, just having face-to-face communication. And I remember one time I was with one of my best friends and we were just doing our normal thing where we check Snapchat. And then I answered her and she was right next to me. And I just took a moment and I was like, Emma, what are you doing? Like she is right next to you, literally. And that was kind of a sort of awakening moment for me. And I always think that I need it in the moment. And then I'll take a trip somewhere and the phone won't be allowed or I'll just leave my phone at home and I'll have so much better of a time just not even having to worry about anyone else and just sort of being in my own bubble. Maybe it's a ski trip, just skiing every day and you're not before bed checking your phone or getting back to someone or having to feel like this need or um, want. It's just when you're away from it, it gives you a lot of perspective. And I think it's very healthy to have space from everyone who you're tied to when you have a phone. Maybe in small ways, time to ourself could be more relaxing, more settling, maybe even less lonely if we're not on our phones because we're learning to be kind of in the company of ourselves. And again, I'm not an extremist, so I, I think mm-hmm. there's a place for it all, but uh, it does seem like a, a little bit of a paradox if we're, if the only time we have by ourselves, we are always on our phones. That might defeat the purpose a bit. Do any of you feel a shift in your teenage years in terms of time by yourself? And I know childhood probably feels like forever ago, but let's call <laughs> childhood up to the time you're 11 or 12. Do you feel a, a more of a draw to spend time by yourself now than you might have then? Or do you feel like, no, this was kind of always who I've been or, you know, the culture or setup of my family or friend circle is such that I don't feel differently now? For me, I don't even think it's been since childhood. I feel the shift has only occurred in the past two years, maybe even like six months. I don't know. I felt a desire to be alone. I think there's so much going on in our lives that the time's almost required. If you want to keep on going and have a healthy mental state, you need time alone. It's like a recharge. Yeah, no, I think I've only truly realized that in the past six months. It could be a natural time as you're really coming to understand who you are. Yeah. Uh, as you get into high school, that that's not surprising necessarily that you're finding your way there naturally. I think time by yourself and like now as in teen years is much more conscious. I think like, okay, I'm going to be by myself here. 
while I was in childhood, we just kind of like flowed from company to alone time much more quickly and naturally. But I think now I I like think about it more. Mm -hmm. I'm much more aware of when I'm alone. Well, this is a great question because it made me think back to my childhood and I realized that like I was alone by myself a lot as a kid. I just remember like playing with my dolls in the other room and talking with them and sort of having like this interaction with myself, but it was also interactive with something else, but it wasn't a real person. And I just remember like that was time that I really valued as a kid. And it's very different now. It's similar. Like if I go and lay down and listen to music or if I go on a walk, but it is less of me talking and more silence listening to someone else. So I think as a kid, when you're, especially if you're really little and you're learning to talk and everything, it's okay to talk to yourself and talk to your, you know, imaginary friends and things. But when you get older, it's a lot of, you're just talking to yourself in your head and maybe you're stressed about something in school. Maybe you're worried about an athletic race and you're much more, it's much more stress talking in your head than sort of imaginative friend talking when you're, when you're young. And so there is both, but I think that the older you get and the more responsibility you get or you have, the level of like negative thoughts that can come into your head are, I think they just go up the older you get in, especially in high school, which is sad, but there's like a lot of pressure around just like friends and like stereotypes in high school and college. There's just a lot of things to consider the older you get. So I think that that sort of voice changes a lot. So as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that the three of you seem to have a healthy relationship with time by yourself. And maybe you don't have it as often as you want, or maybe sometimes it's not as peaceful as you want, but you're, you have an awareness about it. And I quickly, my mind goes to kids who may be alone much more frequently than they wish and they are lonely. And so I'm curious what you might say to either to those teens themselves about a ways that time to yourself can feel good, even more of it than you wish, but you know, what might be helpful. And I'm also curious what you might say to their friends and their family who are kind of supporting them from the side. I think the main thing to talk about that is just, it's okay to be alone and it's okay to like sit in silence because I think a lot of people like associate being alone with like loneliness and like it's a very negative as a negative connotation. And so I think it's just the main thing to tell people who feel lonely is that it's, it's okay to be alone. It's, it's perfectly normal. A lot of people do it. I think with that, the people who are alone the most are most in tune with themselves. They spent so much time alone that they've had so much reflection time. And they're not constantly thinking about other people. They're thinking about themselves more so, I think. And it's easy to go down a rabbit hole of, I don't know, depression and anxiety of being alone. But I think at the end of the day, it's so much more valuable to just be in tune with yourself and have that time to reflect. I would say that I definitely appreciate people that I see alone a lot because for me, that would be so hard that I can really appreciate that about someone And I think that something I've realized a lot lately is it's better to be alone than to surround yourself by people who don't necessarily make you feel good. So if you're feeling lonely and you just want to have any friends that you can, 
and you're kind of scrambling to find friends, but they're not necessarily good friends, then it sort of loses the point of what a true friend is. And so I think that for me, I don't want to be someone who is so desperate to have surround myself by people that the people I do surround myself with are not good people or don't make me feel good about myself. And so I think that by being in a small school, it really forces you to appreciate yourself and appreciate what you're doing in the community that might not be with someone else all the time. It's important to, first of all, find people that you enjoy being around and make you feel good. And also to not think of always being by yourself as, well, I'm just alone and I have no friends, but you can have friends. But if they're not going to be ones that are good friends, then it's much better just to sort of collect yourself and figure out what a good friend to you would be so that you can go out and find those people. So if there are teens or adults, anyone listening, and maybe they saw the topic of this podcast was spending time by oneself and they thought, that is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. Or maybe they're curious about it, but it's not a part of their routine. I'd love to hear what you might say to guide them towards time to themselves, how to carve it out and what might be a, a nice way to start making it a practice. I think exercise is a great place to start because not only is it benefiting your body, it's benefiting your mind. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you can listen to music while you're doing it. And it's just like, it's a good time to be by yourself. You're doing something, you're active and it's not just sitting and then I think you kind of think like, oh, this is so boring if you're just sitting. But if you're exercising, you have something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really helps. Yeah, I definitely I, exercise is a big one. I think it's so easy to be alone and outside. I think there's something special about nature. It's so cliche, but being in the mountains or in the ocean, near the ocean, I think there's something about it clears your senses. I also think that picking up an instrument or journaling is really easy and simple introduction to being alone that anyone can do. I think I would just say, as someone who's not super into being by myself for long periods of time, that it takes steps, baby steps, to be able to spend a lot of time by yourself. So starting out by just doing what I do, which is listening to music, and you are by yourself, but you're also in a way with someone else because you're listening to something else, someone else. And then from there, like go on a walk with your dog or you're not totally by yourself, but you're alone in your thoughts. And I think that anything like Myla and Noah both said, just getting outside and sort of connecting with nature is a really big one. And I think that you won't really appreciate being by yourself until you've done it. So I think that a great way to sort of build that is just by starting small and just doing something that you really enjoy doing maybe with other people and just try doing it by yourself and see, see how that feels and then go from there. Great. So it sounds like once you make it a practice, it could shift from being a time of loneliness to a time of really kind of refreshing, resetting. It's kind of like learning a skill, I guess. The more you do it, the better you get at it. (laughs) And like, if you're starting a new skill, you don't really want to do it every day because you feel like, oh, I'm bad at this. But I think if you stick with it, just like being alone, if you stick with it, you're going to enjoy it more and you're going to get more out of it. It's definitely one of those things that if you, like Noah said, if you force yourself to take like 15 minutes out of your day and make it a habit, slowly it's going to become 30 minutes and then an hour and then you're just going to crave alone time. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of things that you can do alone. Basically, most things that you could do in a social setting, you could also do by yourself. And it might just be interesting, just that contrast of doing something in a big group versus doing something by yourself. And it may not feel natural at first, but I think like they both said, the more that you do it, the more that you'll realize that it's healthy and good for your, for your own health, both mental and physical. Thank you for prying yourselves away from alone time <laughs> to join with me today and talk about this topic, which I fascinates me. And I think, and I think as our culture becomes more and more fast paced and more and more connected to others, this concept feels more important. So as we end many Volo conversations, I'd love you to think of a single word or two that maybe is, is in your mind or your heart right now as you're thinking about this conversation and time to yourself. And we'll just go around and share our words. I think my word would be outside. I'd go with purposeful. I'd go with revealing. I think I'd say natural. Thanks again, you guys. I really appreciated your time. Thanks for joining us today. Like what you heard? We invite you to connect with us at followmain.org for additional ideas and inspiration. We're also excited to announce that Volo is in the midst of hosting a four-part series in partnership with local Maine schools, where we are exploring adolescents from a place of hope. We invite teens, parents, educators, or anyone who wants to support the teens in their life to these free presentations. Learn more on our website, followmain.org. Music from this episode was created by one of our many talented teens, Miles. It was a pleasure having you in our circle today. Until next time.